I went to the verge for you people. And welcome to Grumpy Old Ben's number 228 for Wednesday, July 26, 2023. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac where the weather is beautiful, but you know, it's still Chirac. And from America's left coast where I have nothing interesting to say right now, I'm Ryan Bemrose. You're in the wrong line of work if you have nothing interesting to say. That's okay. No, no, no. It's all fine because I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, well, that's good. This is exactly what every other podcaster does. They're like, do you have anything yeah. if, if, to be true, truthful? If the, uh, the requirements for doing a podcast or have something interesting to say, there would be I, none. To be honest, about an hour ago, I had no notes, no stories, nothing. And I thought, you know, is it really that important? Because uh, shows like Unrelenting, for example, are just as popular as this one. Get more in donations. And Gene admitted to me when I was on the show a week ago that. They do absolutely no prep whatsoever. So why do I bend over backwards trying to find tech stories when just bullshitting about sushi will get the same amount of of, uh, likes? It's a valid question. (laughs) It's a very valid question. And I think Gene does a lot more preparation from the show than he lets on. I bet you he's got like pages and pages and pages of notes. what, What does he keep them in his beard? Probably. That's why he has the dark sunglasses on. Anytime you see him on video, then he could just right. look down. He, well, he keeps a little sushi in there and then probably a few different sauces. Uh, oh, no doubt. I don't know. The sushi is definitely better. Like after three or four days of sleeping on it. <laughs> I don't even know how I would handle having a beard of that size of that stature. Bemla did it for a while. And I looked at it was like, how do you not have bird's nests in there? Uh-huh. You would feel uh, like he, you were mountain man. Although I mean, I think- he was, he was, he was religiously like combing it out every day for 10 minutes and oiling it and you know, all the right. things you're supposed to do to maintain it. But he has such naturally curly hair that it still looked like a thicket. Yeah. That's not a good look. I, you know, it, it, his wife was okay with it and that's really all that matters to him. So you do you. I mean, I feel way better after getting the haircut, after not having one for about a year, because you find yourself, you're always messing with the hair. It's always flopping around and there's not enough at the top anyway. So, I mean, there's that there's, there's not enough quality. I still have hair up top, so I don't need to compensate with hair on my chin. I knew that I was going to like the barber though, that I found because my other one left town. I went, I, I was, I was in really, I was in need of a haircut in January and went and saw the little shop was closed and i was like oh okay and uh, so it took me until july july to get one so i was in need of a haircut in january it took me to july and i finally just went to a place that was not the closest because i I made that mistake with the dentist you don't go to the one that's the closest because that's probably going to go poorly but i found a there's not a lot of barbers around anymore everybody wants to be like a salon or it's unisex i'm like no no i just want like a barber shop come on 
This must be what it feels like to be on unrelenting. It is. It's very I am much so not. I'm, I'm talking about this topic and I'm not interested in it. The way it goes, the show it goes. <laughs> At least I found a guy that I cut was, the hair. I'm like, I feel so much lighter now, but I knew I was going to like the guy. Cause you know, he's like, Oh, does everything look okay? And I'm like, well, you know, I could use a little more on top. And he's like, well, we can like, you know, try to puff it a little bit. I'm like, no, no, I mean, I can, I'm like, just, I'm like, I need a little more on top. You do you not, can you do magic? And he's like, I can do magic, but I can't do miracles. And I'm like, damn. I was listening to a podcast just yesterday that had a 12 minute segment about some guy who has been going to the same barber for 50 years. And they had a series of photos every couple of years that cataloged how the two were getting old together. And this is what passes for podcast content. I guess. Although I'm, I mean, I had the same barber since I was like in high school. So once it, it wasn't like you jump around or when I moved about 25 minutes away, I still, cause I mean, to be fair, the barbershop was walking distance from my parents' house. So it was like, Oh, when I went over there, I'd go get a haircut. But I tried to do that. And after about the third time that I'd go to a barber and within a year, they went out of business. Right, I They're always maybe, gone. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I felt like it was probably me. So they're like, Oh wait, as soon as you start going to the place, the barber's like, I gotta, I yeah. gotta get out of town. Then again, for the last couple of years, I've cut my own hair, uh, which is one of the many reasons I don't do video. Yeah. We'll see Gene does the same thing, but he just, you know, slices it all off with his little razor. So it's easy. I mean, I guess when you're totally bald, you have that going yeah, for that, you. That's an easy hairstyle to, to accomplish with a pair of, you know, scissors or, and when he wants to pretend to have hair, he just like takes the beard and he moves it up to top. <laughs> That'd be a good look. You should try that okay. out. Yeah. Yeah. We should move to actual content. But we've got now, how do we want to do the, uh, the booster grand? We just want to still do like a one booster uh, segment. When uh, we get to that part of the show, do we want to start uh, on some booster uh talking about them as they come in? I know your booster feed. Thanks to the kindness it's, of it's, the, it is screwed. No agenda. I, I've got, yeah. I got nothing. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I can talk about the technology behind it. I, I of course find it to be uh, infuriating when people are like intro to our show. Now let's go into thanking everybody for the next 20 minutes. So the first 20 minutes of the podcast, if you didn't donate is not content, but I mean, everybody seems to do it and they get more donations than we do. So right. maybe that's the way to go. Right, because but, the people that donate want to have their yeah. moment in the sun. Yeah, if the people donated, they want to hear their name right at the beginning of the podcast. So that is the part that I think I'm missing here, because the people who donate also, there's a strong correlation. Those are the people who are likely to donate. So True. So I guess if you want more donations, then the first half hour of your show needs to be nothing but but meta talking about the people who gave to your show or do you do them like in between if they are comments about so if we do a topic and we're talking about it and a boostergram comes in that is germane to that topic do you add that to that portion of the show or do you wait for I, a donation I don't, segment but but without actually kicking boost bot out you're going to mention whenever somebody boosts anyway so i go with that see that's how it works and that way, then you kind of trickle it through the whole thing. So then we fool people who are like, I'm just not going to listen to the donation segment. We make the whole fucking show a donation. Yeah, segment. If the whole show is a donation <laughs> segment and there's no other content, then you have to listen. Right. It's, it's force feeding it right down their throats. 
But what you've learned now that you're on the No oh, Agenda yeah. Live uh, okay. is so, a lot of little sats coming through. Yeah. So I don't use I don't use helipad, but on my understanding, a, a helipad might have this problem. But I do also know helipad filters out the streaming ones, which are what's kind of killing me right now. Uh, but when you boost or when, when you send Satoshis, there's two ways to do it. One is you can boost, which is a manual activity. I mean, ev- everybody who's using a new podcast app already knows this, explaining it for the rest of you who are still using some crappy Apple app or Google or stop, get away from those. But when you do it, there's two ways to send value to a podcast. One is a boost, which is a manual thing. You decide how much it is, whatever the number is. And that's usually the ones that get read. But the other is just kind of a low level where you set it to whenever I'm listening to this podcast, send 50 Satoshis a minute to the podcast, however that works. Well, my system has, I, I, I don't use the, the public apps. I use a, a custom script and what it does with, because I'm lazy and this has worked when I was on a show that never received crap for donations was it just grabs the last 500 transactions, dumps them into a, a spreadsheet ish window in PowerShell the window allows me to filter so I can filter out the streams there. But the trick is my script only grabs the last 500 transactions. That was no problem. That was like three weeks worth with grumpy old Ben's and angry tech news. Not with no agenda. Yeah. The problem is I Adam and bless his heart. I, you know, I am very pleased that this happened. Yeah, he it thinks just you do me, work. This is a, how did he, you, how'd you get yeah. him convince him of that? Well, it, it's a secret that I don't really want to give up because otherwise, you know, other people who don't do work might convince him that they do something too. True. But, um, yeah, I got added to the no agenda split for, I think, I think 2%. I'm not really sure, but I know it's a, it's a pretty small amount, which is fine. I, I don't do that much work on the show, but every single person who streams Satoshi's for every minute of no agenda I am getting one Satoshi uh-huh. over and over again. And so right now, instead of three or so weeks, which I can then filter and look for boosts and things I have, what is it right now? Uh, the latest is seven twenty six, uh, July 26 at nine forty one local time. So I have an hour and a half. It's all about being able to filter out what you want. A servo so, says filter out the yeah. booster so grand need, custom value. Yeah. What? Well, what I need to do, I, I, I do all my filtering. The problem is that the script that I have, you know, like I said, only grabs the last so many transactions. And what I need to do is start doing. Well, um, you, you, I'm already going way too far and more than, you know, most people care about you down that rabbit hole, baby. My, I'm in the rabbit hole. I'm going to keep digging. Um, the new version that I started working on yesterday will go ahead and grab every transaction as they come in and put them into a local database on this machine so that I'm not pinging my node all the damn time, uh, except for updates. And then I can use SQL commands to filter out the streams because the Ellen Cly will just give me you know, the Ellen Cly, the access to the lightning database will just say, here's all the transactions. And 
you have to process it to pull the the encrypted data out before you even know if it's a stream or a boost. So you got to grab every transaction and process it. I'm doing that. Now I'm going to stick the processed ones into a database. I've got the, I've got the whole thing set up. Uh, it's all going to be a janky ass PowerShell script right now because that works for me. Uh, if anybody wants to use it after I've got it working, I can make this available. I'll just publish the source on GitHub. That's no problem. But I guess what I'm saying is Adam created because he's awesome, created a problem for me. I did not expect to have, which is I suddenly really need to up my game for how to deal with this database. And there's no good solutions that I know of. People point me to things like contracts and it's like, but the contract system, while it does a few things really nicely, when you come down to boostograms, like if I'm in contracts right now, I'm in their dashboard. I'm in our particular program, the grumpy old men's program. When I go to boostograms, instead of just showing me all the latest boostograms, I get select an episode to see where your listeners boosted. Fuck you. I don't want that. I just want to see the last ones they came in because I don't care what show people were listening to. I just want to know when the last ones came in over the last week so that if they were large enough, we, and there's a comment, we talk about them. Yeah, the the filters that I use most often are filter on the action field, which is either stream or boost, or uh, there's actually one app out there that uses the word streaming, which of course screws up my parsing. But uh, um, the I, I filter on action, and I filter on I actually filter on the podcast because uh, that you know lets me Makes determine sense. okay, you know this one came into Grumpy Old Ben's, that's why it's only three Satoshi's. Oh. Now, in context, the one that will give me the listing of everything that's come in as far as by time, well, then that shows every little streaming one as well, which makes it nearly useless. It's like for us podcasters, we just want something where we can get the information we need. Yeah. If if anybody else is building some kind of reporting infrastructure around this, well, first of all, it would probably look a lot better than me. I live my life in the command line. I get it that nobody else does, but I don't care. Command line is my favorite interface and I don't have to write UI code, which is a godsend. But anybody who's doing this, if if you're going to be doing this filtering, here's the thing you need to know about podcasters. They do not give a crap about details from each individual streaming transaction. If you're going to show the streaming transactions, batch them, aggregate them and say, you know, this person sent to this podcast, this episode, this many streaming transactions for this total amount. Just batch them up. That would be useful information. But most of the people only call out boosts because the streaming transactions, nobody is collating them correctly, which is another thing that I'm going to try to do once I figured out, because I actually really value the people who just set something to stream and go. It's kind of like the, the monthly donors to a podcast, which is, Almost all of the ones to angry tech news for the last several months have been people who set something monthly and just go, uh, the per episode boosts have been almost nil for most of the time. So I really want you know, streaming is kind of like subscribing. And I really think that, uh, you know, podcasters need to be calling the people out who may not be sending any boosts, but are sending a significant amount of value just because they've got, you know, Hey, whenever I'm listening to this, send a thousand sats per minute. If anybody does that, please make it to Grumpy Old Ben's because I'd appreciate it. But whatever the case, when people are setting their 
client to go ahead and send value on their behalf. That needs to be thanked too, and not just the boost. So oh, I agree. And it's I nice think we to need, see. We need better tooling all around. And the problem is, and this is really frustrating when I'm as lazy as I am, that I find myself in the position of needing to write that tooling. Yes, yeah, see, you have the abilities. You can make it stronger, better, bigger. Oh, I've always had the ability. I just don't want to if I can get somebody else to do the work for me. Now, Pfeiffer and Boobery are pointing out Saturn. I have tried Saturn. That was one of the first ones that I tried out. And there's a few annoying things in the boostergrams with Saturn. One is there are five of them that are stuck at the top which have N-A-N years ago. So rather than the most recent ones, there's always five that are stuck at the top. (laughs) It doesn't allow you to separate it per anything because of the fact that I use the same Albi address for this show and the other ones. You should be able, at least for that N-A-N one, you should be able to just go to their public GitHub where they store all the, it is open source, of course, isn't it? Please. Probably. But you should be able to file a bug issue. That is a bug. Yes, I don't know why those got stuck, but otherwise it does not separate the show. So everything gets mixed in. Oh, yeah, I think that's important. You know, that is because they are tagged. So the boostograms, you know, give me a drop down that if there are different shows. But I can say that overall, my top contributor is Sir Nubbin, who grand total in all the shows for me has come in now with uh Let's see here. 1,183,475 sats. Which, and and they, they total that for you. Yeah. Which is almost okay, double the clip custodian who's come in with so, 644,000. So, okay. So if they're collating by username, that's, uh, I mean, that's pr- farther than I expected any app we're doing. That's kind of cool. Yes. It is cool to show you your top contributor because that it tells me they're in the ballpark where I can go, hey, show me the top grumpy old Ben's contributors for the last 30 days. I mean, as long as we're giving information that nobody cares about, I, I mean, here is the data. That well, isn't, is that, wait, in, isn't that what our show is all about? That is what our show is about. So, uh, so here's the data that I get from each transaction, uh, all of which are, can be collated on. Most of them aren't that interesting. Um, uh, the action streamer boost, uh, I get a username. I get name of podcaster, which if it doesn't, say Sir Bemrose, then I don't know why it came to my node, but um, I I have uh, the podcast and the episode and the podcast index feed ID. Um, I have the name of the app that sent the boost. Uh, I have the timestamp within the podcast. Uh, I have uh, the actual amount of, of Satoshis that came in. That seems like an important one for the transaction. But in addition to that, there's another field called uh, value MSAT total, which is how many they sent initially, because obviously I'm not getting all of the parts from the split. So this tells me how many they actually sent. And then it got split up to people and some of it got eaten by uh, nodes along the way for transaction fees, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, for example, uh, I'm looking at a boost. Somebody sent 500 sats. Uh, The value MSAT says 500,000. Uh, the actual amount that I received was 11. Okay, that's fine. Um, there's a sender ID, which is some kind of interesting hash code. Don't know what to do with that. Um, there's a message in case people sent a message. Obviously not very useful for streams, but there are a lot of people send messages with boosts. Um, 
an item ID. Not sure what that is. Uh, a boost link, which is a field that only Fountain seems to be adding. Um, let's see. Timestamp, when the transaction came in. Episode GUID, which is almost never a GUID, I'm noticing. But that <laughs> field is pulled directly out of the RSS feed. Um, the episode GUID for a lot of these boosts is 1575.noagendanotes.com. That's not much of a good, but sure. Oh, that's uh, interesting. You see, I have the, uh, I have a Saturn pulled up in Chrome, which is what I'm using for you. So when I tried to go to the live tab, it made a very annoying noise over and over again. So I guess that went into your channel because they were hearing it on the stream. I'm like, oh, okay. Now we've learned it. Don't do that. Do not uh, I, use the same browser for clean. Feet. I remember there was a really annoying noise while I was talking, but I always assume that's my voice. Right. That could be as well. So you never know. But then, the live thing doesn't work in Saturn either for me. It just, it keeps making that noise and it makes a very annoying confetti type thing on the screen, but nothing ever shows up. It's just a blank screen. And then uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Podverse. The last couple of fields that uh, are available, but not, a, you know, there's, there's a number of weird custom fields that get jammed into the transaction, which are interesting data, but only a couple apps will do it. For example, um, Podverse provides uh, an app version. Um, so does Castomatic. Podverse also provides, and this one's going to be fun. What speed you were listening at? Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> that and, Adam Curry uh, would love that information. Yeah, I, well, I, I, Adam Curry is getting it. Um, I, I'm looking at the various streaming ones coming out of Podverse, and almost everybody is at 1.0, but there's one person here listed at 1.5, and I'm not going to name names. But <laughs> uh oh, you can out them. <laughs> oh, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> you can out them right now. So there's a lot of really interesting data in here. If people would just come up with interesting ways to present it. And of course that's a software problem and it will get fixed. Uh, these boosts are what a year and a half, two years old now. So there's a gold mine of information. And uh, you know, the scary thing is even when I'm getting long streams of just one Satoshi over and over again, what it allows me to do is uh, do some data analytics on uh, no agenda, which I couldn't do before. Um, what this tells me is that places like podcast index and Boostbot are getting a crazy wealth of information yes. that could totally be mined and sold to big data for a hell of a lot more than you're getting from your splits on Satoshi's. Uh -huh. This is very interesting. Making any recommendations to the person who owns Boostbot, but there's a hell of a lot of personal information in here. That's probably worth a lot to Facebook. Yeah, you certainly could or sell some information right back to the podcasts that are using it. Like, hey, we can give you some analytics. Oh, yeah, yeah. That elsewhere. would be a little bit more ethical for use of that data, wouldn't it? Maybe. And I just see that uh, Boobery boost and he's seventh on my uh, all time list right behind Comic Strip Logger. You are almost going to pass Comic Strip Logger, Boobery, if you keep boosting. I mean, you're keep within. Boosting. Yeah, keep, you're keep with boosting. I know he's at two hundred and seventy one thousand. And uh, in comic strip bloggers at 284, this is a, this is a big thing. We should start publishing this, but it doesn't split out by podcast. So when it tells no. you your top boosters, you don't know if they're doing it for R and R, which is almost certainly the case. Or, you know, I, I mean, for all, you know, every one of these people are boosting unrelenting and nothing else. It could be very much so. Although we know nobody listens to that show except Gene. Well, they don't have to listen. They just boost. Yes. You don't have to. You're right. We don't care if you listen as long as you boost. 
Yeah, right at the very bottom of my list right now. I actually have three boosts that came in during this show. Yeah, Booberry. Pfeiffer and Booberry. Yeah, 3,000 from Booberry said, next we need to get some IRC cacophony going on in here. What's I don't think any. Have nobody wants been sound on effect. IRC? That, that's, a, that's a valid description of what happens on IRC during a live show. Yeah. The well, insanity. during a live show that has listeners, not necessarily ours. Do we have listeners? No. Doubt it. No, <laughs> except CSB always sends his ads in. You're right, Pfeiffer. That's the difference. Yeah. Only 58 live listeners right now. I think that's less than when uh, when we're just playing reruns on the stream. I am pretty sure that there were over 100 when I started talking about this topic. <laughs> Pfeiffer came in, too, with the boostagram. He says he's grumpy right out of the gate, which that's not rare for him. The total of the sats there was uh, 1667 and Servo, who just says testes, which do you, would you like somebody to test yours or I, uh, either he has genitals on the mind or he's testing something and mis and mistyped it 1337. No, I, whatever it is, but we appreciate everybody for listening. Go grab a friend, grab five, grab 10. We're the best damn tech podcast. Nobody's listening to. Oh, we're better than that. NetNet says he's listening. So, I mean, we have somebody in Detroit. Yeah, And you admit that? Yeah. He's like, I'm listening to your show. I mean, not actively or anything. No. At least I remember to start the uh, lit thing. So we're good with that. He's Actually, NetNet isn't listening live. He's listening the day after tomorrow on the podcast and then coming back in time and trolling us. Well, he is a time traveler. It's the only only Some of the new podcast apps have that ability. The only way you could still be alive in Detroit is if you know what's coming. (laughs) Yes, that's important. But uh, I mean, we should actually talk about some stories, I guess. I mean, oh, really? I mean, we're only a half hour okay. into the show, so we should be wrapping it up I, anytime. I was, now. I was planning on on delaying a little bit farther, you know, until we got near the end of the show before I because br- I didn't bring very many stories. Well, that's okay. Uh, I have a few. I okay. I've got uh, uh, Russian trade ministry employees are no longer allowed to use Apple products. Were they using a lot of them beforehand? Uh, well, you know, you would think not so many on account of Apple was one of the companies that decided to signal their nationalist virtue by blocking sales to customers in Russia. But when that happened, Russia legalized something called parallel imports, which is where a retail establishment can go ahead and import products from the manufacturer into another com- country and then drive them across the border. <laughs> I will see that makes sense. Now, I, I, I look at this and I'm like, why does this need to be legalized? In my day, we just called it a secondary market or used goods. I mean, I guess they're selling for new. Um, it, it's a little disturbing to me that that sort of thing is now considered illegal by default, because once Apple ships them somewhere, I, I don't know where, Poland, Belarus, where somewhere across the border, Apple should not have the right to decide they can't be sold anymore. and. The Russian government legalized the practice. Well, uh, a couple months ago, the FSB came out and told all government agencies in Russia that Apple products are vulnerable to U.S. government backdoors. Now, Apple, of course, insists that they would never do that. But uh, bureaucracy moving slow. It's been since March, what, four months, five months. Uh, And uh, only the second ministry has now moved to ban iPhones for employees for work purposes. Uh, the first one was the state-owned oil company, Rostec, which also bans Apple products. Now, I got two places I want to go with this. One is, um, actually, I'll start with, do you think 
that Apple is installing backdoors in their software or in their products? I do not because I think there's enough third party people that follow this kind of stuff that would have found it and made this a story by now. And if it's that's true, my intuition as well, right? Cause if, well, if it's true, if they find out that this is true, Apple loses a lot because then you yeah. have no semblance of privacy expectation on their devices. And, and I remember the, you know, there was what the two or three weeks, a few years back of uh, pretty much all Apple native ads telling how they were refusing the FBI in the right. San Bernardino case, uh, which, I mean, that was huge for Apple. And honestly, compared to most Silicon Valley companies, I think they really do care a lot more about the privacy and rights of their users. Uh, can Is Apple completely immune to the government coming in and strong arming them? I don't think so. Uh, have they done it? I haven't seen direct evidence that they have. Uh, would they do it? Probably not willingly. Right. Would they do it unwillingly? That's a question because nobody would tell us if they did. Well, that would be the only thing that would be of concern to me is that whatever government agency it might be, it may even be a government agency you've never heard of implants people into something like Apple. And they do this under the cover of darkness without even Apple knowing it's going on. Now that I could totally believe would happen. Man, that that's something I wasn't even thinking about when I wrote up this story. And that's scary as fuck. Uh-huh. You get some spies into these groups and then you're like, well, here's what we need to do. So you need to get this. You know, you have the access, you have the internal uh, whatever you need and. But yeah, that could well, be an, really an interesting, we, that could be another spy novel right there. So the other place that I wanted to go with this uh, is media bias, because it infuriates me when I have to use these sites to do my research and suddenly right there on the page, blatant bias. Um, so the original story was written up at Financial Times, which is totally paywalled. So screw them. I initially got it from Business Insider and Business Insider. Uh, the very opening paragraph, Russian officials are being told to quit using iPhones after the country's intelligence service without proof accused Apple of helping the U.S. government conduct espionage operations. Now that right there, the formal bias in that line is called an unsubstantiated claim. Business Insider has no fucking idea if the FSB has any proof, because if the FSB had proof, they still wouldn't give it to us. So the. I, I'm a little sensitive to it because of the rampant bias in the media today. But <clears throat> opening yeah. paragraph, the country's intelligence service without proof accused Apple. Well, that's not a inf- piece of information, you know, is it? No, they might have proof. Now, no. the next line is a little bit better, still biased, but at least defendable. They say FSB has provided no evidence to support the claim and independent or yada, yada. Uh, that much I believe. I believe the FSB has not provided any evidence to support the claim. They've just said this is true. And for a Russian government agency, they expect that's enough. And they're not talking to Business Insider, so they don't really care if Business Insider believes them. But saying they don't have any proof, how do you know? They don't. There is a lot of bias. I, 
there was a story I was going to pull, I think from Tector today, and it was so politically biased. I just, I can't, I can't even use the story because it's useless. What Tector politically biased? I say it ain't so. Who can believe it, right? It is where we're going with all news, which just makes it that much harder to get accurate news that is not colored by some kind of bias. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, there's plenty of other bias in the article too. I, I don't know. I, you know how much I hate being a, a defender of the government, U.S. or Russia. I don't want to defend the government. I think that, you know, governments have gone completely out insane, out of control, too big in the last hundred years. We all seem to be OK with that because, of course, our first introduction of government is in, uh, you know, in an indoctrination camp run by the government where they say, of course, government is good. And here's where you can vote and make a difference, even though that doesn't do anything. OK. but. I don't know. I just stop with the, just tell me I'm reading the article for facts. Please just tell me what, you know, stop making unsubstantiated claims. Stop spinning stories. Stop. Well, they can't bias because the only reason they're doing that job is be able to be, to be able to spew their bias. Yeah. Uh, Leave, uh, give me facts in the news article. Leave the bias to podcasters. I was very intrigued at a video that popped up on my YouTube feed, which, I mean, the algos are starting to know what's going on with me, and I don't like that. But this was a video of a guy in Russia who did a walkthrough of the largest mall in Moscow. So it may be the largest mall in Russia. And I will say a couple of things. One, the malls here in the United States are dying. Yeah, they're half empty. The ones that are still occupied are not getting a lot of foot traffic. The total opposite in Russia. And he was going through and pointing out all of the stores. And this is probably where this law came in because he was pointing out, you know why it's because the malls in Russia are filled with products imported from Belarus. Uh Exactly. You get much better (laughs) deals. And it's all of these like, well, this used to be, you know, the Starbucks, but now it was stars, coffee, a lot yeah. of them were just shortening the names so that you could tell they were still, you know, even oh, though yeah. they're not officially the Converse store, it's all Converse stuff. Well, of course it is because because they're doing the parallel imports now. Yes. The Western companies are saying, no, we don't sell to Russia. And then they're like, oh, but if our if our exports to Poland go up 1700%, right. uh, we'll take the money and just pretend like it's not going to Russia. Right. Cause we're not selling them direct. So we're making a really big stand yeah. morally. And how awesome is it that, that, uh, you know, all of the, the global one world government communists suddenly become totally nationalistic when it comes to, you know, screw Russia, go America. Well, no, they actually, they're not, they're nationalist, but they're saying screw Russia, go Ukraine. And they're in America. Because they hate America. They just love Ukraine. The mall was doing big business. And the one thing I did notice, there are not a lot of obese people in Russia. It's very interesting. Is it because McDonald's pulled out of the country? I don't think so, because they still have Russian McDonald's and they still have the Russian equivalent now of KFC who pulled out. And the line for the KFC was like 20 people long. So this in this mall. So. It's very interesting. So I'm like, is it something else? Is it something in our water? Is that, is it that fluoride you were talking about? Is it, it what's, could be. what is going on that? And plus in America, we all fucking ate fast food when we were growing up and the obesity problem was not this bad in the eighties. 
We had KFC. We had McDonald's. We had all of the, you know, 31 flavors, Baskin Robbins. There's certainly something to be said for the quality of the food that we eat. Uh, You know, I, the, I I listen to uh, one of the shows I listen to religiously because they are so fun to troll live uh, is the Lotus effect with Phoenix and phone boy. And um, they have a segment pretty much every single show about the food that we eat, the quality of the food, how, you know, the, uh, you know, they, they managed to tie every health problem that people have ever had to your diet. Uh, but one of the simplest points that never clicked with me until I heard them say it on this show was very simply when you, when your body needs a nutrient of some kind, you know, you don't have SMS from your digestive system. What you have is a hunger signal. That's pretty much its only signal that it can do. So if it decides that you need a particular type of mineral or something, it signals that you're hungry. Now, when humans were evolving and back up until, you know, modern agriculture, especially corporate agriculture, uh, we, you know, the food, and this is demonstrable food nowadays has a lot less nutrients because they give it so many fertilizer chemicals. They're building it for mass and not giving it as much time. There's lots of reasons, but food is lower quality than it used to be. And so you go to your, your body sends a signal says I need food. That's the only thing, you know, so you put food in your face and you continue eating until the hunger signal goes away. But if the nutrition value of the food is so bad that all you're getting is empty carbohydrates and calories, and you're not getting the, the, the riboflavins or the you know, iron or what, whatever thing that your body really is running out of. If you're not getting that from your food, all you've got is a hunger signal that doesn't go away. And you sit there and you're constantly hungry and you're eating and you're eating and you're pour, pouring crap in your mouth from McDonald's or wherever. And their food is nothing but, you know, processed vegetable oil and macerated chicken or uh, mm. you're. You're going to get fat because you're putting way more calories in your face before your body finally gets what it needs and shuts off the hunger signal. Right. Baron Spud the Mighty, I think he's right on. He says they took out all of the animal fats and put in seed oils. And that is a major change from, you know, the 1980s. That's a huge change. Yeah. And, you know, the, the weirdly, humans evolved to eat the things that we always ate before industrialization, which generally means, uh, you know, a lot more animal protein and, uh, you know, a lot of you know, fruits, uh, ready to eat vegetables, not, you know, not vegetables that you have to go swim underwater, no kale, but yeah, seaweed. Mm. I, I'm just the things that there's something to this paleo diet for the simple fact that, Humans were healthy for a very, very, very long time without the U.S. Food and Drug Administration coming in and building a food pyramid that puts, you know, 40 percent of what you eat needs to be raw grains or something. Yeah, grains are not good for you, really. Well, you know, I don't know what is good for me. What I do know is uh, human beings in industrialized countries have some kind of health epidemic and you can't blame it all on vaccines. I think nutrition are just the nutrition that we're all being piped in by corporate billboards is bad food. And when you get bad food, your body is not getting the nutrients 
you eat more because you still need to get the nutrients somehow. Yeah. And if don't you know. don't read the labels on your food, you're missing out on a lot of fun. I started and if this. If you do read the labels on your food, you're really going to change your diet in a yeah. hurry. Oh, yeah. Because I started this with looking just for monosodium glutamate. But then you start looking at things like, wow, I bought a bag of potato chips and there's like 35 different ingredients when really you yeah. need like three. And and potatoes is the, the one that's like 14 ingredients right. down. Well, I was looking at the one today was like a uh, the one I bought was the higher brand store brand here. Um, and it was a habanero that was like a sweet habanero chip. and. When sugar shows up before salt in the ingredient list, that's like, ooh, I missed that one. I missed that one. So I have struggled with uh, being overweight pretty much my entire life. And these days, I'm, I'm, it's getting better, but I've, I've already passed, you know, I'm past 40. I'm past the point where my body is ever willing to go back to thin forever. Your body's like, I remember what you yeah. used to be, but yeah. I'm my body's like, you've been like this forever. You're going to die of a heart attack in 15 years. Deal with it. Okay, fine. <laughs> or 15 but I'm trying to eat better now right here on the show. I, I blame this and, and I, you know, I don't want to throw all the blame at my parents. One of them's dead. So he doesn't care, but, um, I blame the nutritional guides from the eighties, which massive government propaganda campaigns, fat, bad, eat carbohydrates only, you know, you know, the, do you remember when the we were kids? Pyramid, yeah. Fat was the most awful thing. They put it at the very tippy top of the pyramid. That was like, if you're going to have any fat at all, then, you know, just a tiny amount and make sure that you trim all of the fatty bits off of your meat when you eat it. So my parents, upon you know, upon getting that propaganda and I, who got that propaganda through state run public school, all decided that fat was absolutely the worst part of anything. So when we, you know, my dad, who was in decent shape, I mean, he had a beer belly, but that's probably because of the liquid carbohydrates, but he was always in great shape. I know that my genetics were capable of being in good shape. He grew up on uh, eggs, bacon, steak, you know, the, the farm right. life. Well, the, the other thing, when you say that, people will be like, wow, that's really unhealthy. But you're getting back to one I, ingredient foods. Yeah. I, and, you know, it it might not have been, you know, in, in today's society, maybe an all bacon diet is. I mean, it's hard on the cholesterol thing, but. You know, nowadays I cook my food in pork lard. Why? Because it tastes so much better and because I genuinely think it's healthier than vegetable shortening. But that notwithstanding, you know, I don't I don't have enough proof of that. Go listen to the podcast where they're more confident. I'm just saying that it's working for me. But I do say that one of the reasons why I've been overweight my whole life is because thanks to propaganda campaigns from U.S. government, from FDA, from every nutritional expert in the world. We started doing stuff like my dad would bring home steaks because he grew up eating steak and by God, his family was going to eat steak too. But we started just trimming all the fat and throwing it away. And I think back to those days when we just ate the protein part of the meat and threw away all the fat as like, that was a fantastic waste yeah. of resources That's and a fantastic waste of flavor and flavor. And I, I just nowadays, you know, I look at this and there's a super marbled pea cut of steak and I'm like, Oh yeah, that big blob of beef fat is going right into my face and I'm going <laughs> to love it. 
but that it took a it was very difficult to reverse the training that the the programming I got in the 80s that said no animal fat will kill you well no anything too much will kill you and yeah it I I've also seen people say and I I don't know anything about this that oh dietary cholesterol doesn't change your arterial cholesterol I don't know what I do know is that cholesterol is not my biggest problem and cutting all red meat out of my diet is not the the fix. Now, again, I, I'm a big proponent of less ingredients in your food, healthier, more than worrying about exactly what you're eating. Stop eating the processed garbage. Yeah, well, eat, eat natural things that haven't had the nutrients processed out of them and eat a variety of things. That's again, how humans evolved was they didn't just have a steak dispenser that put out, you know, raw bacon uh, every, I don't know why a steak dispenser would do that, but now I want one in my home. <laughs> right. Something that just, where I do I get bacon a bacon dispenser? Who doesn't a bacon dispenser is a show title and I want one. I, well, but, yeah, I, who doesn't, but back, exit strategy you know, back 500 years ago, humans didn't just have a bacon dispenser. And that was the only thing they eat. Cause they did like humans don't work very well on food pellets. Honestly, I'm not convinced that pets do either, but that's what we feed them. People eat a variety of food back in, you know, hundreds of years ago, they ate a variety of food because they were hungry and they just ate whatever they could get their hands on. There wasn't that much food. Yeah. Nowadays, there's a glut of food. So people are like, yeah, uh, I'm going to live my entire life on McDonald's fries and nothing else because there's a McDonald's three blocks away and I can drive to it three times a day. Yeah, no, no. Well, yeah, these right. new drugs things. that they're giving people. I was watching an interview with NASCAR legend, Tony Stewart. And he's struggled with his weight every now and then. And I don't know which drug it is, if it's Ozempic or something like that, I'm guessing. But it's one where they do the injections, you know, a couple of times a week. Oh. And he's like, you know, you got the injection. And he's like, the next day, he was like, oh, wow, I'm getting a little bit of a headache. And he's like, I realized that I had not eaten in like 28 hours and I still wasn't hungry. Uh, yeah, but there's going to be consequences. Right. Well, this it's like, okay, it's oh. great. That'll curb your eating, but an, an injection that screws with your brain chemistry, what could go wrong? Uh-huh. And, and, like, and if, if you're going to go to pharmacological ways of changing your diet, here's a recommendation that is, I think, safer than Ozempic methamphetamines. <laughs> more natural. It's, it's going to raise your metabolism. It's going to make you not care about eating food. And <laughs> I think it has fewer side effects than some of these pharma things. The things you hear on Grumpy Old Ben should not be considered medical advice. No, no, I am not a doctor. And if you're looking for real medical advice, go talk to somebody who's a paid corporate shill because they get paid more and they have uh, a lot more insurance. But and also like, they have more money if you decide to sue them for bad advice. Also true. But everybody wants the easy fix. They don't want to put in the hard work. They're like, well, I could just get a shot. Then I yeah, won't be hungry. Well, that, It'll yes. be great. Well, and the, the holy grail is people trying to get Ozempic in pill form now because, you know, uh, some people don't like needles. And can I just swallow a pill and it makes me healthy and changing your diet? No, no, it doesn't even like that's effort. That's work. Nobody wants to do that. Well, and people think, I mean, I wasn't under this delusion. I started doing. You're welcome, Blueberry. He started doing meth just because of you. He's, yeah. Blueberry says in the troll room, I took meth because of Sir Bemrose. You're welcome. But I started doing the 45 minutes to an hour of exercise five to six days a week with regularity now over the last 
three or four months, whatever it's been. It wasn't to lose weight. It was to hopefully get rid of the heart arrhythmia, which it seems to have done. Oh, but success. I can say I well, I'm a bit thinner. It's not a magical thing. It's not like, wow, you will be skinny in six months. It's like, no, it's not making much no. of a difference. It is and, still and a combination. 50, your body has decided what shape it's going to be. Yeah, it's like this is it. I, I'd yeah. love to help you out, but no over 50. No, but it's, it's not a magical thing. It's like, you have to also adjust the eating habits, which I haven't really done because it's like, well, the exercise is working, but it's like, I know I still need to drop weight, but it's not like if somebody tells you, Hey, you want to lose weight? All you have to do is an hour of walking or riding a bike a, a, a day, every day. It's like, no, that's not going to help you that. Then you're going to sit there at the end of a few months and be like, well, this didn't really make any difference. Well, uh, no pill can just fix all your health problems and changing your diet alone will not fix all your health problems. Just exercising alone will not fix all you. It's a whole package deal. Yes. They they always say diet and exercise sitting on your ass pod, sitting in a lazy boy in a robe podcasting all day does not qualify as exercise. Are you sure? It gets my heart rate up. You could uh, lift some weights at the same time. I guess you'd have to come up with Uh, that. I have a nice heavy coffee cup here. And I do need a new recumbent bike because this one's like over a decade old and something's starting to break every now and then it like clicks where when you're like pedaling along. But I was thinking it's like this would be a really cool idea to build a podcasting rig around the bike because it's like how hard would it be to just pedal while doing a show? I'm not saying you're going to go full out like you're trying to win a race, but a nice little leisurely pedaling as long as the thing was quiet. You could do that while podcasting. uh, You know that it wouldn't work very well initially for the simple fact that you get your heart rate up. It's going to get your respiration up and then you're out of breath while you're podcasting and you're panting into the micro. And the ladies may like that. Yeah, that might have sounded sexual. Also, I'm going (laughs) to hyperventilate if I do that too much. What happened to Ben Rose? Oh, he passed out. He was (laughs) he was making a point and then he passed out. Yeah. (laughs) That'll happen. Podcasting is not pretty work. No question. Uh, yeah. Well, this, this is why we don't do video. If you, if you watch the video of grumpy old Ben's, you'd realize it's not pretty. It is a hundred dollars an episode to get the video. It's not easy to produce. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, and there's, there's an outlay up front. Somebody would have to get me a camera. Oh, see, there's that as well. I mean, Gene will send you one. He's got like 4,000 different webcams that he's trying. I believe that. So let's not mention this to Gene. Uh-huh. He might Besides, send you some if I sushi. did have a camera running, I guarantee it would just be pointed at the cat the whole show. See, that would be interesting. And nobody wants me to point a camera at my crotch. Was somebody asking for that or? Uh, <laughs> is that, I is didn't that, say that anything. Is that no. a totally different okay. show? But Russia's okay. doing N- okay. The bottom Nutrition, line, yeah. Russia's okay. R- Russia is, uh, they, they are coping with the fact that Western companies are all run by woke morons. And they're like, well, we'll just we'll just go through a third party. Thank you. Yeah. uh, Engaging in capitalism is what I call it. It works. Yeah. So nutrition, a little bit too controversial. You want to go to something a a little bit less controversial like that? Like, like, I don't know, child porn. Yeah, that'd be good. (laughs) Everybody's like, what? Wait, Uh, what? Well, this is an interesting uh, story that you brought, especially since it's tied to social media and i have some social media stories yep. which one kind of, of the only social media that i use so. well it's because it's the free social media that is without any kind of 
big brother type sensor that is controlling any major part of it which is what they hate um and and you you know you're jumping right to the very end of my point but i got a long route to get go through to get there uh this started with uh at least this time with an article at the verge where uh well the i don't know if it's just the verge it started with a study at the stanford internet observatory who did a study of Mastodon instances. Now they scanned the 25 most popular instances. So I guarantee, you no agenda social was not on their list or even their radar. Um, but you do know that the, the big ones, Mastodon.social, Mastodon.cloud, et cetera. The big ones are going to be there, which are, uh, have kind of exploded ever since Elon took over Twitter. Mastodon suddenly stopped being niche and became somewhere that the general public goes. As you know, the general public are a bunch of sick fucks in aggregate in small percentages of uh, Stanford Internet Observatory scanned 25 most popular instances. They employed Google's safe search API to identify images and then used Microsoft's photo DNA in order to confirm them. Now, I knew Google's had a safe search feature. I didn't realize it was an API, but I guess that's not a surprise. Uh, Microsoft's photo DNA was a brand new service, or I mean, it's not that new, but it was one that I didn't realize was there. Um, Microsoft's photo DNA, by the way, is uh, a, a set of suite of software that Microsoft uses that will, you, you, it tries to make it easy. You feed an image into photo DNA and it will compare against a database of hashes of known CSAM. Every one of these articles, CSAM, CSAM, it was a, a term invented by Apple when they, when they started scanning your private iCloud and, and scanning your phone for kitty porn. Uh, they don't want to say kitty porn. They don't want to say porn. They had to make up an acronym that was not as offensive. So CSAM, child sexual abuse material. Which kitty is porn. a little weird to me that you need to uh, sanitize that somewhat. Yeah, I, how you need to see, like, CSAM at this point is an invective. It's, uh, for the people who know what it is, it's already, you know, just as bad a connotation as kitty porn, but for whatever reason, unless maybe they're trying to avoid confusion with people who post pictures of their cats in compromising position, because that would also be kitty porn. Very true. But anyway, uh, so... CSAM photo DNA is a service, a set of software from Microsoft that uses a database called the image hash list from the internet watch foundation to compare hashes, uh, photos to hashes and say, yes, this is CSAM. No, it's not. Okay. Which means they're finding photos that are already known to the, yes, in theory, um, definitely more on the image hash list in a minute, but what the Stanford people did was um, they, after scanning, they scanned 325,000 posts in two days, just two days on Mastodon, 325,000 posts from the top 25 instances. Uh, given Federation, I wonder how many of those are duplicates. I didn't look at the study, so I don't know details of this. I only read the abstract. I'm sorry. Uh, just don't want to do more work for you people anymore. So, so, oh, um, Oh, that's going to get more donations. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I, hey, I brought the story because I read an article from The Verge, which, by the way, is much more difficult than reading a study from Stanford. 
Right. This because is true. It's the Verge. You're like, yeah, I, I went to the Verge for you people. Come on. Yeah. Boom. He went yes. to the Verge. There, yeah, there's your ISO. I went to the Verge for you people. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Uh, what did they find in scanning 325,000 posts on Mastodon in two days? They found 713 uses of the top 20 CSAM related hashtags. Hashtags. Okay. They found 1,217 text posts pointing to, quote, off-site CSAM trading or grooming of minors. I, I, I have to ask how you're verifying these. First of all, I don't know what the top 20 CSAM related hashtags are. I don't want to know. So if you're in the troll room, don't post them. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Um, but I, I do wonder, like, what? how much do you have to do in order to verify this? It does bring up the whole question of categorizing CSAM categorize like in order to identify kitty porn. Don't you, doesn't somebody have to look at kitty porn and isn't that automatically a real problem? Okay. Right. It's like what happened to Pete Townsend. It was like, no, no, I was just, uh, I was just studying because uh, yeah, something mm -hmm. well, uh, so oh, uh, 1900 or so. Total posts that use a CSAM related hashtag or link to an offsite CSAM trading or grooming of minors, whatever the hell that means. I don't know. Like, again, what did they do? Did they, I should have read the study if I, you know, were more interested. Um, but did they go out and find the top 25 kitty porn websites and then look for those URLs? I don't know. Again, not asking. Um, and Here's the big smoking gun, the thing that everybody, The Verge made a huge deal out of this. Everybody is losing their minds. In two days, 325,000 posts, they found 112 that had media attached to them that were positively identified by Microsoft's photo DNA or 0.03% on the biggest Mastodon servers out there. And everybody took this 0.03% of posts and said, Mastodon is rife with child porn. It's everywhere. There's an epidemic of kitty porn, of CSAM, of whatever you call it. You know, Mastodon is completely overrun by child pornographers because 112 images out of 300,000 posts had something that photo DNA identified. Well, and okay. really what they're missing out on is the fact there are probably instances which are nowhere near connected to these main ones oh, yeah. that are if nothing but if you're interested in child pornography and this is not advice because I honestly don't know what I'm talking about here. My intuition is that if you wanted to go find it, you wouldn't go to mastodon.social. You would go to one of the smaller instances that nobody knows about that Stanford isn't scanning because you're going to find you're going to find your community somewhere. The communities of no matter what the interest is, a community will form around it. And if the people have been so stigmatized as to, you know, be hated by everyone in the world, then they're not going to advertise on one of the big places. They're not going to advertise at all. So, like I said, I'm, I'm worried and skeptical about how they identified all of this. Well, but, uh, the conclusion of the study is that uh, CSAM on Mastodon is, quote, disturbingly prevalent. See, that is not what I would take from this. What I take from this is the verge, like a lot of other folks, and uh, lavish 
just came in with a boost to 6666 who says balance your diet exercise meditate and don't read the verge see that <laughs> is good advice because That's lavish nailing the good advice he should be on a podcast he should maybe even call it behind the squeams and spell it with threes and all that but i think this is another hit piece on any kind of technology that is decentralized i absolutely agree I've got a little ways more to go before I get there. Can, can I, can I just run through the rest of this? By all means. Okay. Uh, let, let me pull one more line out of the conclusion from the Stanford researchers. They have concluded that quote, Mastodon admins should employ more robust tools for moderators along with photo DNA integration and cyber tip line reporting. So they are, they, you know, studies, they, put out a recommendation that Mastodon admins should employ tools to block child pornography on their servers. I think it's safe to say most Mastodon instances. And by the way, I got this one by reading posts from Ariner on no agenda social, who is not being singled out, but is understandably concerned. I think it's safe to say most Mastodon administrators would like to be able to filter out and remove things from their site that will get their site shut down and them thrown in jail. Am, am I off base here? No, I think that would go I, right I think, along I think a logical that, uh, path. Most, most Mastodon administrators would welcome employing more robust tools like photo DNA, but they can't. Uh, this I got from uh, somebody, the uh, Alex at Gleasonator.com is his instance. I'm not sure if that's a full instance or if he's just the only person but he's a person I follow because he is very into the Mastodon culture uh, who sent an email. Actually, he sent one three years ago when the topic first came up of kitty porn on Mastodon. Uh, Fediverse, by the way, everything, including The Verge, and I've got it in my brain now, said Mastodon, 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 Mastodon. Pleroma can have the same problems. Other software, Mastodon is not the platform Mastodon is not the only software that, yeah, we just to be clear, there's lots of softwares that all connect to what a lot of us will refer to as the Fediverse, but Mastodon is what it is in the media, in the verge. When the verge writes about it, they say Mastodon. I'm going to keep saying that because it's just in my brain. Yes. Rather than you're right. The headline, instead of being Stanford researchers, find Mastodon has a massive blah, blah, blah should be the Fediverse has a massive problem. Yes. Uh, now, uh, given how much respect I have for Gargron, I'm kind of okay with all the shit being heaped on his software alone, but that's a different thing entirely. Uh, Alex Gleason, three years ago when this first popped up, sent an email to the Internet Watch Foundation, who are the foundation who maintains the database of, quote, known CSAM, CSAM images uh, called the Image Hash List. Um, they Maintain the database, the database, and this is the database that everybody uses. Uh, Facebook uses it. Microsoft photo DNA uses it. Uh, Twitter uses it. Everybody, every big company, social media network that has automated filters to remove kitty porn is using this image hash list. Uh, the IWF is quote updating daily and manually verifying bar our expert analysis an analyst I butchered that sentence but apparently they have human beings who are looking at images i don't know how they get away with that not gonna ask 
Um, but this is the one that's used. Now, this database is proprietary, copyrighted, and non-public. Access to the database from the Internet Watch Foundation is offered only to, quote, member organizations, to licensed members uh, who have gone through a number of validation checks. When you want a membership, the first thing you have to do is pay thousands of dollars a year for the membership. Um, it, it is, in fact... Uh, all of the text on in their emails and on their website says they only offer it to companies. They're not even offering to any individuals, uh, to licensed member companies, they keep saying. Um, you have to go through some verifications. They want to be fairly sure that you're not going to use your database or their database to, I don't know what. Uh, right, because it's th- just this, hashes, so it's, it's like hashes. you have no access to any material. And and you know what hashes mean, and I know what hashes mean. A lot of the people who listen to this show know what it means to be storing a hash, which is usually, uh, you know, 128 bit bytes of data, which is a fingerprint of the picture. You can't you can't reconstruct an original from a hash. This is a fundamental thing about hashes. Right. You if know you this, have, I know this. If you have I a know, hash, and you, you there's no way to reconstruct the photograph from that material. The IWF are behaving like they're storing all of this porn and that's why you can't use it. Well, they probably are. So Gleasonator, Alex Gleason sent them a mail in response to this Verge article saying, hey, it's been three years since I last talked to you. Uh, Have, you know, Mastodon admins would like to do this, but we have a budget of like $10 a year and you're charging thousands. Is, Is there any way that you can open this up? And their response was not friendly to the admins of small Fediverse servers. Uh, Let's see, uh, quote, our policy position has not changed since our last discussion and businesses wishing to access data sets from the IWF must sign up to IWF license agreements and pass all the appropriate due diligence checks. The data cannot be published publicly as suggested and given freely to anyone that wishes to access it without the appropriate controls and safeguards in place. The data is considered to be pseudonymous pseudonymized personal data and is therefore subject to GDPR data protection rules. The IWF are hiding behind the GDPR because they don't want to publish hashes. And they say these hashes are personal data. I'm not gay. Okay. But they're, Last yeah, quote, but they're not. I mean, the reality is not. again, they're if, not, they're hashes of personal data, but it correct. is not possible from a hash to reconstruct the original. We know this. The only thing you can do again is match that. So let's just assume you take a nudie pic on your phone and it generates a hash. If that picture shows up anywhere and generates a hash, it'll be the same hash. So arguably, if they publish their database of hashes, then what that means is if you download all of the images on the Internet, you can use this database to figure out which ones are kitty porn. So if you're really, really into building a collection of kitty porn and have the drive space to download the whole internet, you could build your collection from this. That might be what they're concerned about. I don't think that is what the article's really concerned about, but, uh, uh okay. The, the last quote that they were from their email data protection and compliance requirements aside, The data gathered by IWF analysts is only available because industry funds our work by directly contributing to the work we do in exchange for data services to protect their platforms and customers from abuse. Here we got 
the crux of it. The IWF does not publish the database. They can hide behind regulations saying it's personal data. They can worry and fret and wring their hands that, oh no, we might be giving people access to the kiddie porn we're trying to protect from. The real reason is we want money and the Microsoft, Facebooks, Twitters, and TikToks of the world are paying us a ton of money. And if we ever made that available to individuals for lower cost, we wouldn't be as rich. Right. Yeah. And so, we don't like anything that doesn't have moderators. Lots of moderators got to have more moderators. And and by the way, the, the, uh, you know, they're not going to change their mind. The excuse they're going to stay hiding behind is, oh, you know, regulations prevent us. By the way, those regulations that are preventing them from publishing, what do you think the chances are that, uh, you know, they were the ones who lobbied that those regulations be put into place? I'd say pretty damn high. Um, and thank you, Cold Acid kind of stole that one from him. But uh, so something interesting about this particular database, uh, I've seen stories pop up on it some t- from time to time. False positives using this database are extremely easy. I don't have the specific statistics. I would not be surprised if it's on the order of Stanford 0.03%. You know, a uh, hundred images in 300,000. Yeah, that's a they, small number. Even it's though it's a small number, they definitely frame it differently. Being the uh, the quote from David Thiel, one of the report's researchers, was quote, "We got more photo DNA hits in a two day period than we've probably had in the entire history of our organization." Right. Yes, and uh, this this is one of the people at Photo DNA. Yeah, <laughs> and this, I mean, people are pointing out in the comments, even on the Verge, that some of the instances they were looking at have been totally cut off from the rest of the Fediverse because they have a child porn problem. Which, by the way, is the way that Mastodon has evolved, that the Fediverse has evolved to handle problem servers, is that you just disconnect from the ones that are causing problems. Uh (laughs) But the problem is they still exist, thus they can't understand how it's again allowed to happen. It's because that's the way the internet was set up. Information wants to be free. You can't have it both ways. You can't say information wants to be free and then go, yeah, but child porn. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I debated whether or not to even bring, uh, this rant is not going to make me popular because people have such a visceral emotional reaction to child porn that it's really, really hard to speak rationally about it, which is why it amazes me that there are people out there. Like if you work at Microsoft and your product is photo DNA, you have got to be NDA'd and, uh, you know, litigator protected up the ass because that's so scary. I remember the extra papers I had to sign when I was working on Microsoft search engine and I was just working on the porn blocker, the adult porn blocker. And They didn't want people, you know, I had to go through a bunch of extra hoops and sign some extra stuff that said, no, I really will not be staring at the porn images. I'll just, if I see it, just click to the next page, that sort of thing. And child porn is crazy. But if I may be allowed briefly, and I know I'm going to get hate for this, to speak about it in a rational way, downloading and looking at images that already exist pretty much nails the textbook definition of quote, victimless crime. I just have to put this out there. 
it's now it's absolutely disgusting to be the one taking the pictures, to be the one putting children into sexual positions. And given that that's how child porn has been created for most of as long as there's been child porn, I understand the negative reaction to it, uh, especially given that downloading and and staring at it uh, in some way you can say, you know, people wouldn't put kids in compromising positions and take pictures of them if there weren't a demand for it. I get that. That is a great argument. Um, once the pictures are already out there, this is the, you're not victimizing kids by storing a photo from 1985 and looking at it over and over again. I hate that I'm making this argument entirely because I am fortunate that is not my fetish. That's not what I'm into. Uh, if there's no curves, I, I go nowhere with this. I worry not because I'm a purveyor of kitty porn, but that I might download an archive of a thousand images of whatever looks like regular adult porn of consenting people engaging in commerce. And one of them happened to be 17 and a half at the time. Then legally speaking, that opens me up to crazy liability that I don't want to be access to. So I hate the whole argument. Well, it's a much more complex argument the um what was the porn star's name in the 80s that it's uh it came out later that she started working when she was like 15 but she was like one of the most popular porn stars in uh in the industry so it's like there were a lot of people that like well that's kitty porn but they didn't know yeah but, but, but so is so is taking a photo of your kids splashing around in the tub because it's cute right tracy lords thank you cold acid when you have a 80s porn question you go to cold acid yes thank of, you of the That's rare encounter. i knew we had an, we have an expert for everything you know that but the, we talked about a story almost uh, maybe three years ago the story of the underage girl who took the video herself of her having oral her performing oral sex on a guy and then yeah. she put the video out there sent it to other people and, and they every, arrested her Right. Everybody was outraged because they arrested her for child porn. And it's like, well, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. The whole concept then of the child porn is, well, we want to protect the victims. It's like, well, if the person doing it and they know what they're doing, well, they're not a victim then at that point. And don't even tell me that everybody on OnlyFans is over 18 or that everybody on TikTok who does really racy images with filters or whatever is over 18. Oh, there's yeah. no way. No. Well, and now you've got AI that could recreate all of this stuff. And, and, and that is where I was going with the, the quote, victimless crime argument, because now the technology exists to, if you can find the right AI with not, not enough filters, you can go out and ask it to make a picture of anything you want. And assuredly, no children are harmed by making having asking AI to make a picture. No, that's but true. It still carries exactly the same penalties, which is that if you are caught with an AI generated image of something that hurt no one that did nothing, but it's somewhere on your hard drive 
and you get caught with it, then one of two things is going to happen. Either your entire life will be completely destroyed because of a few bits on your hard drive, or you're going to be forced to go into politics where that sort of thing is okay. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of planting of that in the political arena from what we hear, but at least that's what they always say, like Anthony Weiner. So I, I am... From a purely rational perspective, I'm bothered by the whole thing, and I had to get that rant out there. That said, totally separate thing. Right now, it is very strongly desired to keep this stuff off the platforms. Uh, I respect the wishes of Fediverse admins like Alex Gleason, like uh, Ariner, who say, we don't want this on our server. That is their right. Great. Yeah. So we have tools now like photo DNA, like the IWF image hash list that purport to be able to remove these things, except that Fediverse people can't use them because they are available to companies only because they charge an arm and a leg because it because the IWF is never going to have competition for it. Who the hell is going to start a business that says, yes, we are come, we are looking at child pornography and compiling hashes of it. What kind of business is going to be doing that? So IWF is a monopoly who can charge as much as they want. And they do. They are not allowing anybody to use this on their private decentralized server. Oh, I had one other thing that I just wanted to mention. This was a completely separate article I looked up and found, um, you know, the, the, on the false positive uh, argument. Um, I uh, went ahead and dropped a link into the troll room right now. Uh, it is not recommended that anybody put that on your uh, on your iDevice or upload it to your G drive or G cloud because the false positive checker will take that image and will lock down your account. Oh, now that's fun to do to people too. This seems like something you can do to your friends. You want to put that yeah. on their phone. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you own an iDevice, um, then the, because the, the hash, a, a hash matching that image exists in the, uh, in the image hash list. And it's probably not the same. This is almost certainly a hash collision because if you do click on and glance at that, I mean, you might like, it might be one of those magic eye things where you have to squint and cross your eyes to get one. But I was never able to see anything resembling porn child or otherwise. When I looked at that image. Yeah. Servo called it a hash overlap. That was his question. And according to cold acid, it was done intentionally, which is even more interesting. Yeah, it was. I I pulled that straight out of the thread and Cold Acid knows everything about this because, uh, well, I'm not going to accuse him of being in kitty porn, but he was active in the thread that I I pulled that out of. Hey, he does have a podcast. He does. We're scooping. He does. And he'll have to defend himself on the podcast from all of the the issues I'm levying at him. But this is the typical, oh, but the children argument for having a... so anything on the internet that does not have full moderation. So now we come down to the the point that you kept trying to make that I was saving because I love to bury the lead and put my point at the last. This is an attack on decentralization. Yes, because we can't have any kind of information just flowing out there. We have to control it. And that's more dangerous than the child porn, yeah. truly. So how how to destroy decentralization? One, 
You put pressure and even regulation, if you're authoritarian like the European Union, to force all social platforms to have very strict moderation and strongly censor freedom of speech. And by the way, again, I know I'll take crap for this, but sharing images does in fact is one of the things that falls under freedom of speech. And it's one of the reasons why people who hate freedom of speech, they will always trot out, well, what about these images that you shouldn't be able to share? And yeah, if you're free to speak your mind, you're free to speak or share things that are awful. That is a side effect of freedom. That's how it works. You can't just be free to only do things that somebody else likes and not be free to do things they don't like, or you're not free. That, that is a problem with freedom. I still think freedom is, is so important and, and the benefits outweigh the risks. But anyway, in the interest of saying no, 112 out of 300,000 is way too many. And we cannot possibly allow the 0.03% of threads to exist. We have to stomp it all out. And as you're well aware, trying to get from zero to 90% easy, 90 to 95, same amount of effort, 95 to 96, same amount of effort, 96 to 96.5, same amount of effort. The diminishing returns are epic. So trying to get from 0.003 to 0.002% is a monumental amount of effort. Yes. The, the Fediverse does not have the tools, nor should volunteer admins be expected to. Uh, it, nobody not, has the tools, though. That's nobody it. has the tools. And Microsoft doesn't have the tools, although their marketing will say that photo DNA can do it. Well, what about new photos that are constantly being created? The zero oh, tolerance totally thing. separate thing. I know. Now, obviously, a new photo, you know, every time that a 17-year-old goes and posts something on OnlyFans or TikTok, that image isn't in their thing yet. That's why the IWF is updating manually and having expert analysts stare at porn all day to figure out if any of them are kitty. What a, what a job. <laughs> what a job. I wouldn't want that one. I like staring at porn all day, but I don't want to look at child porn. No, it's not my thing. Did you girl but, wants to know what I look at naked pictures of a 17 year old Taylor Swift? No, no, because she wasn't hot when she was younger. I mean, she was just, that, not. that might be the reason. Uh huh. Just not. So the older I mean, Taylor Swift, way hotter. Yeah. Although I will so, say I was playing around with uh, the in, un, what's it? Unstable diffusion. One of these. AI models. And this is where I think AI is getting very dangerous. I'm going to do probably a longer spot on this on the next random thoughts, which could be today or tomorrow or Friday. I gave it the command to combine Taylor Swift, Adriana Lima, and Candace Swanapuel. And I will say, I am really depressed this woman it ex- created does not exist. This, this is just. If she did, she'd be out of your league. No, there's no doubt. Any one of those is out of my league. You combine all three of them and I'm not even in the same universe. And no matter how much socialism you pour onto your society, not everybody is going to get to fuck them. No, this is absolutely true. But it's like you don't need. Why would any? It's going to be very interesting. You and I have talked since almost episode one about copyrights and trademarks and all of that. When you go to an AI and go, well, Combine these three women, combine these three models into a unique new entity. Do any of those models 
have any control, any say, any ownership of that image. It's very well, they, weird. They'd certainly like to. Right. Which I get. But it's like, well, no, why would? But you don't need a model anymore because I could just create one by very easily mixing and matching a few other people. The AI uh, just goes, all right. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, this is this is the crux of all of the lawsuits around AI and copyrights and whether or not uh, feeding copyrighted material into the data set that the AI looks at is should be legal or not. And it's one of the huge areas where you realize the last time copyright had a major overhaul was before computers really were a big thing. And, you know, in 1976, I know computers existed, but yes. we weren't sharing kitty porn on the internet yet. Things were not uh, instantly and people were not taking photographs of themselves. There were a couple, there was a, We'll get to it because I have a couple yeah. stories. We can go so like that, four that or five hours. Copyright is, is definitely not up to the task of policing AI. That is a separate thing. I'm sorry. I, I wanted to get back to the attack on decentralization, but I actually got distracted by uh, my no, my Mastodon, uh, my on No Agenda Social just started going off. Yeah, I'm hearing I, that too. I just is, have, I haven't looked. Apparently, <laughs> Alex Gleason, who I've been quoting because he's the one who really got me moving on this topic. Uh, is is listening uh, listening to the no agenda stream i guess because he he started out saying no agenda is talking about this and, and you know i mean that's really cool that he's listening uh servo was kind enough to say no we're we're grumpy old bens we're not no agenda uh i would like if if we were as big as no agenda and uh you know but but thank you alex for for doing this for looking out because this is a, a really big problem um you know, step one of the attack on decentralization, you pressure people into 100% filtering, which we know is impossible. But on the big networks between their marketing and, you know, having pouring thousands and thousands and, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and employing hundreds of full-time position, they can get it down to the 0.00003% or whatever it is. and then they can smooth the rest over and pretend like it doesn't exist at all. But if you don't have that budget, you can't. So individual, the, the second is individual server owners will not have the means to police their posts. Uh, if, if you try to push people to unreasonable expectations and, and, and even like I said, in the EU where you will straight up make it illegal. Like we will destroy your social network. If you can't meet these unreasonably high requirements for moderation, for filtering, for censorship, individual server owners can't do this. And big tech, usually when you have some desire, widespread desire, there's 8,000 plus Fediverse servers out there. That's 8,000 possible uh, customers for somebody in big tech coming up with uh, a technological device that helps you, you know, if, if photo DNA were a project with an open API and every Mastodon instance could just plug in and say, whenever a media post is posted, throw it into photo DNA and it gives me a yes or no, we're good. But this IWF with their greedy policies that say we are not going to offer it to individuals and we are going to charge thousands of dollars means 
that photo DNA, which uses the image hash list exclusively, will never be available to an individual server owner, to anybody running a small server. What this does is it is forcing services like social networks to re-centralize because that's the only way you can be large enough for this monopoly to come in and allow you to use the tools that the government regulations are now saying you will get sued out the ass if you don't use. That is how you destroy decentralization. Which, by the way, decentralization, if you haven't been listening to every other episode of this show, is a huge, huge threat to the big social networks because well to they, everybody that does not want a free decimation of yeah. information because they, they want to be able to control speech you cannot control speech on a decentralized network that is why mastodon is a threat that is why you come out you look at a mastodon you look at matrix you look at uh, you know, all of the the very uh, lemmy all of the decentralized services that are replacing the big platforms because the big platforms have implemented policies that are just becoming unsatisfactory. Users are abandoning Reddit and going to places like Lemmy. Users are abandoning Twitter and going to threads. No, no, no. They're abandoning Twitter and going to Mastodon. They're, uh, you know, aban- a lot of people, I-, I wish there were more, there are a lot of people who are actually leaving Discord and going to Matrix. Uh, which is uh, I, I looked into and I might be setting up a matrix instance because I'd love to get rid of my personal gaming discord channel. I'm just starting to really dislike discord. That's uh, a totally different thing. And I think I said dissemination, dissemination wrong. Uh, in, so it's probably dissemination. It's probably another one of those uh, inauguration things. The other part of this, which is weird because one of the stories I had was 200 school districts plus are suing social media platforms. Well, they want the big money. You you yeah. can't really do that with the small and little instances. You know, they don't no. want to, they don't want to sue Aaron or cause Aaron is like, Oh, well, yeah. I got $15 and a, a button here. Uh, you yeah, guys if can- you go sue the, the person who runs spook social, you're like, I own your podcast now. Yeah. And you're like, okay, great. But <laughs> yeah, It's like, okay, well, I'll just start another one then. All right. I'll just roll <laughs> another one right up. No big deal. But this was out of a story uh, from the Wall Street Journal, and then I had to go and grab it from somewhere else because the Wall Street Journal only wants you to read an article once. But this is more and more where they're pointing out that children are having a lot of mental problems. They're having a lot of eating disorders. We all have talked about the trans stuff here more than enough. And they're blaming a lot of this on social media. And I'll go right back to the same advice I give every time. Keep your fucking kids off the internet. That's the answer. This concept that the would fix it. Yes. The concept that the internet has to be child safe is a farce. It's not Uh, supposed to be that the internet can be safe for anything. No, you can have freedom or you can have safety, but the two are not compatible. Correct. It is just, you know, if you're putting your kids on the internet, you believe they're able to handle everything that is out there the the crux of these lawsuits and over 200 school districts that's a decent amount is that the 230 the section 230 does not apply here because they say quote social media companies have created an addictive product that pushes destructive content to the youth 
And that's a product, unlike content, it doesn't enjoy the protections. It's like, well, one, they're not wrong. They're, they are not. They are creating an addictive product that appeals to the youth. Which you mean by like, them saying you're creating an addictive product, they're like, oh, so you created something people want to spend their time doing. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. And it's you know, like, well, it, who gets to decide what anybody, child or not, spends their time doing? Well, each individual person gets to decide. Addictive is is another word that, it, that can often be freely swapped with uh, commercially viable. Yes, exactly. If people, if people don't want your product, then um, then the only people who can offer it are, are, you know, if you offer it at the barrel of a gun. So I guess governments could. Right. If you have all the Bud Light in the world and nobody wants to drink it, well... That's a different story. Uh, then, then what you do is you lobby your local uh, municipality and you convince them to put Bud Light in the water. And that's, that's how you get rid of it. I have. I mean, that's how it worked with other industrial wastes, right? True. And I have no doubt that there are a bunch of problems being caused, not just by social media, but Internet access as a whole. And not just even Internet access, because a lot of what they are talking about with these lawsuits were teachers and principals saying, you know, we're spending a lot of time dealing with cyberbullying when we should be teaching the kids. It's like, well, that's just, that could be text messaging. You don't even need the internet. (laughs) Maybe if your definition of cyberbullying didn't uh, include 25% of all human interaction. Right, right. This is exactly what you're talking about is, well, somebody said something mean. Well, that's not fucking cyberbullying just because it's on a a digital device. No, somebody said something I disagree with. Oh, true. It doesn't even have to be me. There, no malice needs to be involved. This is true. We're living in the ultra woke world now. I, somebody used a pronoun and, uh, you know, and this was the I somebody used a pronoun for me. And, and this was my pronoun from last week. And I changed my pronouns this week. And so hate speech. And there's also a very strong vibe here that. These lawyers are just trying to get a big fucking payday. This has nothing to do with trying to help the children. The lawyers are going to take 25% of any settlement here. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of bullshit going on. Yeah. yeah, Don't say, Uh huh. I mean, I mean, you pretty much just described every story we've ever brought to this show. There's a lot of bullshit going on. There is, there's a lot of bullshit going on. You're, Teens and younger are going to have problems if you set them loose with a phone or a tablet or a laptop and they go on to the social media sites because that is what social media is. To be surprised that they want to spend time on these is totally ignorant of the fact that that's the only thing that these companies are trying to do. The programmers are like, well, how do we get the kids? to continually do the dances and keep posting them on TikTok. What is the dopamine hit? How do we get people addicted and locked in for life? Because that way we have a customer that will pay us forever because they want to be able to sell that advertising. That's it. I mean that, and, and that by the way is it's classic greed. It's uh, the way corporations work. And it is one of the first things cited by anybody who. Uh, uses phrases like late stage capitalism and says, well, obviously capitalism is a failure because people are greedy. Well, yeah. But even I, if I, we admit, okay, let's just talk about something like TikTok for a minute and let's forget that they're Chinese owned. So you have very little control over them, although you can go back to let's block, let's boycott. But let's just admit 
that we're having issues with our children because of the social medias. Well, what is the answer? Do you obviously we regulate the social medias more? Well, this would be true, but wouldn't the main answer then be Wouldn't the main answer be if you're under the age of 18, you cannot access legally social media and then the companies are covered. No, 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 we can't. We can't have that. That doesn't get Facebook more money. Uh Uh-huh. See, but Facebook, this is what Facebook would be like. We're all for this because all the fucking 12-year-olds are going to lie and say they're 18 to get an account anyway. I'm sure that's what they do in OnlyFans. This is probably going to lead you down the path again, which is we're going towards, well, then we have to be able to verify everybody on the internet and their true identities oh you know they're trying to do that yes so this is i see where this is kind of going down the i mean the the reality is you want your kids off of social media but you're not going to get x you're not going to get uh facebook you're not going to get instagram i know i love saying x instead of twitter twitter doesn't exist anymore i you know i'm i'm I may have to change this position, but uh, just like when Facebook decided that they were going to be meta, I continued using the word Facebook and I still do, do to this day because changing a name doesn't change what the thing is. I'm not going to call it X until Twitter is out of the public consciousness. Which may be very quick because a article on Phone Arena, the, I thought this was interesting when it came down to meta in their new threads, which was their Twitter clone. And they made that big deal. Do you remember that first week? They were like, oh, my God, we have over 100 million subscribers. It it was the fastest growing social network ever. In fact, it beat out ChatGPT4 for hitting 100 million users even before that. How How would you do this? Oh, because you give everybody who launches an Instagram a free account. The... They had over 100 million subscribers in its first five days. And according to SimilarWeb... By July 7th, Threads had 49 million daily active users on Android worldwide, which was 45% of the 109 million daily active users. But by July 14th, one week later, that had tumbled to 23.6 million or less than half that they had exactly one week before. It worked out to just 22% of Twitter's daily active users on Android for that same day. Imagine that. So what you're saying is that their initial flash in the pan was curiosity and they didn't have anything to keep people. I think everybody logged in and went, well, this is fucking Twitter. Uh, You know, a week ago, I actually saw that hundred. I saw that hundred million number and was like, oh, this is this is almost newsworthy, at least, you know, 75 different news outlets did. And then I went, no, because that number means nothing if it's all just people who are curious or just. Hey, I want to see what this is like and then go away. Nope, nope, not with something. If you can't give me a month and tell me how many users you had after a month or or six months, and and that will be impressive numbers. One day, no. Yeah, Thread's not doing so well. It does say Twitter saw its web traffic decline by 5% during the first two days that Threads was live, but it has bounced back saying, though, year-over-year traffic down about 11%, but that's, with the amount of bots that uh, Elon knocked off the system, 11% seems actually about right or low for what I would guess. And do you not think that bots are coming back in just as quickly? I'm not sure. It all depends what is being done. I know Elon was taking the hard stance on that by yeah, they, limiting things. They put a things. recaptcha on the sign-up page. That, that I'm sure. At that, least that'll one. keep them. 
<laughs> at least one that, that that's just people have to then hire somebody in a, a third world country to click on it for them but social media is an issue and for us we're very simple common sense guys and the answer is keep your fucking kids off of it understand that it is addictive just like fast food or nicotine or anything else and you're responsible for your own well-being i'm not going to go quite you, know, I, you are well known for uh, saying kids should not be on social media and i absolutely think that that would be a effective solution I'm not going to go so far as to say that, but I will call out if you do decide to ignore Darren O'Neill's advice and, and let your kids be on social networks. The thing I will say is be there with them. Pay attention to what they're doing. Talk to your kids about it. Be aware of what they're doing. Know what, you know, who they're talking to. And, and yeah, you're right. That is a lot of work, you know, you can't just hand the kid the tablet and say, oh, here, go ahead and log into TikTok. What could go wrong? Right. You, you have to know. You have to be involved. It's amazing how many societal problems with children today can be fixed by parents just paying some fucking attention to what your kids are doing. Yeah. Being be in engaged. your kid's life. Yeah. So I'm not going to say kids should never be on the Internet. I'm going to say that. Kids are very impressionable. They have undeveloped minds on account of being children. They are giant sponges that absorb any information they encounter. And if you give them a free pass to see what's on the Internet, which newsflash is not all smiles and rainbows. There is some bad stuff on the Internet. If you hand your kid a portal to the depths of depravity that is the Internet, you're going to fuck up your kid. Yeah. So I'm not saying close the portal entirely and never open it. That will work. But I'm saying if you're going to introduce them to that, be there, help them interpret it, talk to them about it, talk to them about what they saw, be part of your kid's life, get them to trust you and say, mommy, daddy, I saw a picture of somebody and it said they were only 17 and a half. And Give them context. Give your kid context and say, no, no, that's actually AI generated. It's not a real person. You're okay. You're, you know, you, you don't have to worry uh, if Facebook will just ban you and shut down your bank account because you happen to glance at it, but that's okay. We'll get along because we live out in the country off the grid because the modern society is sick. Uh, okay. Well, the AI, the AI stuff is going to make it so much easier for people to be catfish. Let me tell you. Yeah, this is true. Because now you can't go, well, let me look up this photograph and then see it was used on a hundred different sites. The AI is going to create. Not when you can create a new one for each attempt. Uh-huh. So you got to be careful of that. And if you're going to put your kids on the internet, I mean, I think there is an age that's too young. And there, there are parents who let their kids run rampant at like 10 or 12 years old. They are morons. Now, yeah. when you're hitting 14 or 15 with the right knowledge, you'll probably be okay if you're not a total moron, but it breaks my heart to see well, multiple stories of like 15 to 17 year old boys who didn't know that when some random female sends him nudes and says, send me nudes back that this is a scam and they're going to use probably it. Probably not a female. Right. 
Or maybe it is, it, but they're just it, looking to get if, money out of you, not yeah, your pictures. If, if you're lucky, it's just an FBI agent. Uh-huh. Or not a guy in Nigeria who is like, oh, yeah. I'd like to take your money. I, I, I just keep going back to childhood is the period in your life when you need to develop your brain. You develop your brain by absorbing and being introduced to information. And humanity has a built-in method to help people develop the proper values that let them put that information into context and understand the world correctly. That built-in system is called parents. If you are going to be one of those people who generates new humans and brings them into this world, you had better damn well give them the context and support that they need in order to develop their minds correctly so that they're not just being thrown out onto the world. And, you know, like if, if you're doing it right, they're going to log in. They're going to see somebody, you know, use the N word on Facebook and say, mommy, what does this word mean? And then you can have a valuable conversation about why people on Facebook are awful human beings or whatever, you, whatever the yeah. conversation is. Yeah. But if all you do is plonk them down in front of Netflix and the next day they're visiting your underwear drawer and dressing like this cuties movie that they saw, then you are not doing a good job as a parent. You are not giving them the right context for introducing here. Here's what you saw. Here's what you, sh- you know, what you should think about. That is, that is both the role, the responsibility and the privilege of a parent is, you know, to propagandize your kid to hopefully give them the right context for how to enter the world. Yeah. When you said uh, the kid's going to see the N word and ask mommy about that. Are you familiar with the uh, character back in the day that Eddie Murphy did on Saturday night live, Mr. Robinson? It, uh, it, it was a spoof I'm sure I've seen it of uh, was it Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Oh but, my God. But it was Mr. <laughs> Robinson's neighborhood. And I remember, I mean, I, I have to look up when this bit was, cause I think I was like, 15 or 16 i feel like when this bit when i saw this on television and he's doing the whole thing he's putting on this sweater and he's he did kind of similar things to mr rogers and one of those was you know the word of the day or whatever and he's like hey boys and girls the word of the day is bitch go up to your mama and say bitch and if she slapped you across your face you said it right I, and I, again the, You can say, I never want my kids to see that. But you know what? In the 70s, well, not 70s. I was a little too young. But in the early 80s, I was watching Saturday Night Live. And And I probably saw those things. Uh And and again, this is something each parent needs to be in their child's life. That's my only expectation. Because you might see something where somebody says, you know, bitch. And then you're like, but mommy. What does this word mean? And and at this point, mommy can go a couple ways. Mommy can say, "Hey, mommy goes a couple of ways." Yeah. Well, mommy can go can swing both ways, but that's daddy's business. <laughs> um, but you can say, "Oh yeah, that's a bad word. I want you to never say it." Uh, in fact, the, you know all the people who say it are bad. Or mommy can say, "Oh yeah, that's just a bitch saying it. Don't worry about it." But you probably shouldn't tell your teachers about it. Right? I mean, that's a valid way. But be there. <laughs> Yeah, my dad took me to, we were talking about this with Craig on uh, No Agenda Social. Both had the same experience, like 10 years old, fathers took us to go see the Blues Brothers. And I'm like, I don't think I fucking swore before that movie, but after a lot. Oh, there was uh, actually the moment, I don't know if I've told this story. 
the moment that my parents decided that I didn't need a babysitter, um, and I, I was probably 12 or 13 and it was when I became a latchkey kid as, as a child was when, uh, I had some kind of issue with the babysitter that was there. I don't remember what it was, but, uh, I believe that, uh, I was probably being a jerk about it. I do have a little bit of a problem with authority. You may have noticed. No, with the, obviously the babysitter wasn't hot. I, Apparently I hide it well. I, you know, I wasn't old enough to really be noticing that sort of thing. Uh, so I'm not sure. But uh, the babysitter, I was being disrespectful. And the babysitter's mom came at the appointed time to pick the babysitter up. And I pulled down my pants and mooned the babysitter and her mom as they were driving away. <laughs> and, and you were what, nine? She, I, I probably 12 or 13. And I, you know, if, if they had snapped a photo of it, it would have been kitty porn. That's true. But, that, well, then you could have got them thrown in the clink, <laughs> but instead she stayed there. Mom was so pissed off that she stayed there and, and babysitter was sitting in the car, like absolutely miserable. Like, I don't know, I've got homework to do, or I want to see my boyfriend or whatever the hell was going on. I want to see um, anything, but, but Bemrose's but ass. They, stayed there for the next hour until my <laughs> dad got home from work. And, uh, at one point, I, I don't remember how it works, but they asked me, well, where did you learn how to do that? And of course, being both honest and not giving a crap, I said, well, I learned it from my mom. <laughs> Explain. This was not the right thing to do. And that babysitter never returned. <laughs> <laughs> Explain. Where did mother do this? I, uh, you know, mother later tried to provide context of when I did that, we were, you know, only with really good friends and you don't do that to strangers. Like, well, you didn't tell me about it at the time. Yeah, details, details. Come on. <laughs> so I, I only, I share that story as context that yes, uh, as a parent, you have the responsibility and the wonderful ability to shape your young child's mind and corrupt it in whatever way you feel is appropriate. I'm just saying, be there for the kid. Don't let the internet be that influence. My mom may have been a bad influence on me, but I would have been a lot worse if I was just getting all that from TikTok. Yeah, we do want to thank you for tuning into Babysitting Bemrose, a brand new yeah. show. <laughs> People are like, wait, well, listen to that. That'd be good stories. Uh, I, I don't have very many stories, but all of them are good. Grumpy Old Benz is a value for value podcast, you know. I hadn't heard. We put these shows out there, no paywall or anything. We just make a simple request. If you've gotten any value out of the show whatsoever, light up those boosts. Go over to PayPal. Use the P.O. box address plenty of ways. GrumpyOldBenz.com slash donate. We do have a few people to thank for today's show, including... Our buddy, Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley with his monthly $25 via PayPal. And he streams every time he listens to the show as well. So he always gets did, a little extra wait, shout out. Did you say he screams every time he listens to this show? We he do have that effect on. He does. He screams while he streams, but then he maybe want to see a urologist about that too. If you're <laughs> screaming while you're streaming, you're either, uh, you're either have an enlarged prostate or you're listening to grumpy old Benz. Either of those is a proper answer. But we, uh, and, and neither one of them is all that healthy. No. And there's a, probably a pill for at least one of them. <laughs> if grumpy old Ben's came in pill form, we'd be wealthy. 
Yes. Omega Projects said, I thought this was going to be an erotic babysitter story. No, no, that's no, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the kitty porn story. I'm sorry. The CSAM. You can't say kitty porn anymore, I guess. And then coming in. Now, this was an interesting donation because he came in with two different donations for 25 bucks. This is Joe Codicini. The messages were fairly similar. And the one for this show was bring back agreeing old Ben's with Sir Bemrose and Sir Gene. So somebody liked the two of you guys together because I thought it was great. Sent in 25 bucks to grumpy old Ben's 25 to unrelenting, which means me, the guy who had nothing to do with that show makes 25 yeah, bucks there and you and Gene each make 1250. Actually, that's Beautiful. not true. You did have something to do with the show because Gene just dumped the raw wave on you and said, right. go do your processing or something on you. You're like, this is, Two and a half hours of nothing. Why would I ever publish this? See, so you do know the concept of unrelenting. You just show yeah. up and talk. It's what a beautiful thing. But we appreciate that, Joe. And maybe, maybe there'll be more. It is very weird that you two agreed about so much. We'd have to find a topic you two can argue about. That would be interesting. There are not many. We this is maybe the third or fourth time that Gene and I have done a show together, and we you know, the shows are always long. There was one point on Sir Gene Speaks when we went over four hours, <laughs> but there was no disagreement. We just agreed on every single point. The only reason the show was so long is neither one of us has shut up skills. Right. Well, this could just be a bit that Gene's always agreeing with you as part of a bit. Maybe that's it. Maybe he actually hates everything I say, right. but he's going for the long con. It's a very, very, very long con. I noticed he hadn't had a Sir Gene Speaks in quite a while. He says it's still an active show, but he goes like months in between them. And well, I know he, we get crap if we miss like a show. People are like, oh, my God, where's Grumpy Old Benz? And Gene like takes five months off and the people are like, oh, wait, he, he stopped doing that. Huh. He does it as an interview show, though. And when he doesn't have interviews, sometimes he just interviews himself. The voices in his yeah, head that does happen. But so those are the, and, the two uh, that came here, in. Via I'm interviewing PayPal. you. Yes. And I, we appreciate that. Joe and Sir Sean each coming in with 25 via PayPal. And then we did have some boostograms since the last episode, including Billy Bones with 3438. Big Bada Boost. Memes 1337 with 2702 who says, Leet boosting the split. You would be missed. And that would make me more grumpy, but could live without the live show. Stay grumpy. Yeah, we were talking to the live show. You know, if you get a real yeah. job, might be moved or whatever. Well, this, this whole trying to find a day job thing is really interfering with my podcasting schedule. Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, how is the, uh, the whole job market in the Seattle area right now? It's awful. Yeah. And I think I need to update my resume again and just remove all of the dates from everything, including all my old positions. Because <laughs> oh, I did see you talking on, must've been in the troll room that one of them was asking like an age thing or a, oh uh, yeah, uh, they're uh, online forms it, every company has uh, their own online system for how you apply and there's no no overarching just each company seems to have cobbled it together uh, i mean there's a few things that for regulatory reasons they always ask one is uh you know please state your gender um please state your race uh please state your military status for all of those there's always an option i choose not to identify and i do um, now it turns out every single one of them has the legal disclaimer. They are required to put in, 
the legal disclaimer says, uh, you know, refusing to identify or how you identify will have no bearing on whether or not you get the job. I don't believe that for a moment, but I'm still not going to, I'm not going to tell them a gender. You know, if you can't decide my gender from the name Ryan, you don't deserve to know what my gender is. Isn't that, aren't there females named Ryan? Like Ryan, wasn't there uh not in this household. Okay. I didn't say in your household. I was just saying overall. I don't know. It's a very weird thing. Just like there are guys named Kim. There are women Maybe named there Darren. Are. And if there are any women out there who are, you know, actual women who identify as such and are named Ryan, then you have my apologies, both for misgendering you and also because who the fuck does that to their daughter? It's like a boy named Sue. Yeah, well, I, I, again, who the fuck does that? Exactly. Joel W. also came in with one, 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 one. He says, basement flooded on Sunday and some pump ended up being burned out. Water was still above my ankles by the time I oh. got up and checked. Is Fucking this happening mess. to multiple people now? This happened to you and now it's happening yes. to him? Yeah, we just had the what? plumber. I got to check the pricing on buying one of this because my wife with the last sump pump just swapped it out herself i do somebody, not do plumbing i do not do anything like that but she's obviously way really more handy to fix the weather i know but we just had them uh give, give us an estimate on putting in a new double pump system with the battery backup installed was like 1750 bucks so it's like they're not nope. they're not cheap I mean, granted, if I'm willing to pay a fair amount uh, for labor, so if there's any good plumbers in the uh, Chicago area that I mean, can do that seven, cheaper, seventeen hundred bucks. That's that's pretty expensive. That's like more than a half hour of rock and roll pre-show donation. I know we have to keep getting that rock and roll pre-show donations up, but it's like it comes down to it, which is uh, if the next time the power goes out, we don't flood and have to pull all the carpet out and spend like fifteen hours pulling that out, and then like another day's worth of labor just getting everything off the floor and out so the new carpet will be able to go in it's probably well worth it and with anything with anything no matter what i'm dealing with it's like i don't want i mean okay i want to get it for free or for the best possible price but i'm willing to pay a fair price i just don't want to get fleeced more than anything else i mean does anybody else come on where's the boost where's the boost for the sump pumps where's the boost for the uh, root canal that's still going on where's the boost for the new carpet boost right now where operators are standing by i know people are listening we can use a few more boosts i think sump is such a funny word isn't it <laughs> you're like this is it's like sump it's one now if you're sump. drunk you're like sump sump like what is it what is what does sump mean uh, and why is it pumping it why is it pumping the sump i don't know well Again, growing up in an area where some pumps aren't really a thing, true. <laughs> I, I I never even heard the term until somebody used it, and I'm like, that's a funny phrase. Sump pump, like it rhymes. It goes into a big pit in your house, and it just takes all the water and tries to gape it so it doesn't come into your house. And and like I said, having grown up in the Pacific Northwest, why would you need to pump water out when water comes in? It just soaks into the soil yes it's a different world you live in yeah yeah it's but we thank everybody for helping to support the grumpy old ben's podcast i mean we've only been doing this for like what three years plus when did this even start i don't know uh 20 april april 1st of 2019 wow uh, so remember we started on april fool's day <laughs> well see that was a uh 
that was a this was the long con right there it was a lot of uh one long joke one long con so over yeah well over four years now it's been a while if we're almost uh, getting into oh. their no agendas like 15 you want to support yeah, the we're show catching up I yeah. mean, I don't think we'll catch them unless they stop, but we're catching up. We'd have to move to at least three or four shows a week to catch up. Yeah, I'm not seeing that. No. Uh, oh, I wanted to finish the the complaining about the applica- online application forms. Yes. Uh, you know, every one of them, they, they've got the, the demographic questions. Fine. That's regulatory. Uh, every single company that hires requires you to create an account before you can apply. Um. Those accounts, by Ooh, the way, that's collecting some data. Uh, we're, we're apparently, I mean, they're they're awful Windows forms. The most modern ones have some kind of awful uh, JavaScript responsive React type thing. Um, the, although I will say it was kind of cool the the one or two times when I'd give them my uh, the doc file for my resume and it would auto populate all the forms. I'm like, hell yeah, good. You scanned my resume and found all that. I don't have to type it again over and over again. But fine. And, oh, and and seriously, it, it is really hard not to hold it against a company when they hire a fucking moron who uses password requirements from 1992 <laughs> and says, your password must be at least nine characters, contain two lowercase, two uppercase, three numbers, two symbols, and a demonic glyph in the password. I, like, you fucking moron, do you understand that that is a terrible password policy? And, you know, when... When I go through, I just make my password manager. I'm like, password manager, give me a new one. Great. Plug it in. And it pops up. And I've dropped 20 characters in this thing. And it's like, your password must be at least eight characters and contain a symbol. <laughs> and and I have to like pull it back out, copy it out of my password manager, paste it in a notepad and go, oh, this one didn't happen to have a punctuation mark in it. Right. Yeah, you didn't have the special character. 20 characters, strong fucking password. And they're, oh, sorry. (laughs) Hey, I've already bitched. My favorite one is the one that will take a 33 character or so password and not tell you that they're only taking like the first 15 characters. And it will, you know, it'll verify itself. And then when you go in and put the full 33 in, it's like, this is wrong. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say, if it truncates it, then then you're reducing your security, but not your usability, unless they do something like reject the same password on the other end. Correct. Yeah, because they don't ignore anything after whatever character they stopped at when they were bringing it in to set it. No, that would make too much sense. It so, is all a bunch of bullshit. So here's the, the thing, you know, the thing that I'm running into, and you know, obviously I have no evidence of this, but uh, I know damn well that age discrimination is alive and well, especially in technology industry. So I don't disclose on applications anything that would determine my age, Uh, not least of which I don't disclose on applications what year I graduated college. Now, people asking questions on applications are not legally allowed to ask your age. That means, among other things, they can't ask your birth year. In some states, it's not legal for them to ask what year you graduated college because that information can be taken to infer when you uh, when you graduate when you were born. Right. Well, and, unless you graduated at 50 years old, in which case, then it screws up their system. Yeah. Which uh, we and, thought you were you know, like, my problem is 20. when I when I if I drop into an application that I graduated 
in the year that the idiot evaluating the application was born, they're going to be like, oh, old fogey, we don't want him. So I don't put my year of graduation. And, uh, I, you know, I'll call them out because fuck them. They already rejected me. Uh, Tesla was the one that I had the most problem with because therefore, you know, all of these forms have some kind of very strict HTML validation that will not under any circumstances let you submit without filling out all the fields that are marked as required. And uh, yes. for Tesla, uh, if you put in a school, then things that were required, they would not let you put it. Most of them, they would say, well, we require the school and what degree you got. And we'd really like to know what your major are. Those are pieces of information. I don't mind. I graduated from Washington state university with a bachelor's degree, but I am not going to tell anybody that I graduated with a bachelor's degree, you know, in computer science in 1995, that, that just not a piece of information. I feel like they need, uh, so the Tesla one was all fucking drop downs and fancy JavaScript populated things. And, uh, you know, you couldn't just type something in. No, that wasn't an option. Uh, you, you click on the box and the only thing it had was a search box. And if I type W a S the whole thing froze for a second or two in between each letter and finally populated a big set of check boxes with all of the schools that they knew about that might start with W a S fine. Okay. We'll click on this. Every frigging interaction with the page required a full round trip to their servers. You web morons back in the day, HTML had the form tag with input boxes that you could type on the client. They were fast. There was no second and a half lag in between each keystroke. How did you guys screw up the internet so badly? But anyway, they would not, uh, you know, they, uh, every, every date, including, uh, you know, when I work places, you had to click on a little calendar with a form picker that I had to, it wouldn't, it wouldn't let me type a date in, couldn't type numbers. No, that's wrong. I had to click on the drop down, the date picker, uh, scroll left and right to pick which month and click on the day. Not that uh, which day particularly matters. So fuck you is first of the month. Um, but when it came to graduation, I'm like, I'm not filling this out. They wouldn't let me submit the form without filling it out. I tried, you know, putting NA, not applicable, nothing. No, they had to have a date form. Uh, you know, half of the, half the forms, by the way, also have drop downs where you can't type a date. You just have to click the drop down and it shows 31 numbers, then click the drop down to 12 months, whatever. Finally, I crack open the source code underneath this website and I realize that the validator just wants a date somewhere between 1901 and 2100. So you went with so, either 1901 or 2100. I should have gone 1901 <laughs> because there might be something in there that goes, oh, that's in the future. This person hasn't graduated yet and, and deny the job, maybe. But I had to be at this point, I'm being smart ass. And I said, yes, I graduated with a bachelor's of computer science in 2100. And I submitted it and it finally worked. Wow. Wow. I was just looking at what comes up when you do a Google search for Ryan Bemrose. Oh, I know. I found a I thread on Reddit. I hope grumpy old Ben's is on the list. You know, I'm looking, but I don't I have to look and see why that 
isn't popping up because angry tech news is popping up on the first page, but grumpy old Ben's isn't. But there is a post that uh, from the who are these podcasts Reddit that you are out of a job and <laughs> looking and like the first comment is Ryan's a great guy. Thanks for posting this. I'm like, wait, which Ryan are you talking about? I, yeah, apparently they don't listen to my show. Probably. And then they mentioned <laughs> grumpy old Ben's and all of that. Uh, somebody Weird. wants to send you an iPad or something. So. I haven't been on Reddit in years, ever since I, I went ahead and uh, I ran a script that changed all of my posts to, uh, you know, this post has been deleted because Reddit violated my terms of service with a link to the Constitution. Yeah, that I or can the see. The First Amendment. That I can see. For, now, on listen notes, grumpy old Ben shows up. Why don't we show up direct? Although, no, there it goes. We're just a little bit further down uh, the line but grumpy old ben's finally shows up angry tech news shows up your linkedin page shows up uh, obviously pages that aren't yours there's obviously a ryan bemrose that does have a tiktok page and a instagram page um, they might be mine but i didn't make them this is well that's all even more dangerous your yeah. uh your uh github is on here i'm just i was gonna ask like do they know about your podcast because that could really make you Apparently. On, uh, on it, you know, believe it or not, I'm not putting links to my podcast in the applications themselves, <laughs> but they're going to find it because well, they might find it. And if they do, then uh, congratulations, but I'm not advertising it. It's not something I'm putting in the portfolio. And I, I, I am very proud of the podcasts that I do. And I believe that this is a quality product. However, I am not going to back off ripping on the stupid shit that these companies do just because i want a job right just because it may ruffle their feathers yeah what they should and do they, is realize that they've got one too many yes men and they need more of a a bemrose no and i'm hoping to find the company that recognizes that yeah well that is so I, if anybody out there man if you need a programmer i'm just i'm still operating under the assumption that if a company is going to disqualify you for stupid shit that you say on a podcast or for you know, being too old, then, then obviously that company is not a good place to work. And therefore I am, they're doing me a favor by telling me no. So you're pretty much looking for a programming work or the uh, male fitness model work, right? That's what you were mainly doing. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I'm nutrition specialist. Yes. There we go. And, right. and possibly childcare. You could, well, you can combine those. You can tell people you can tell people how to eat while caring for their children. Yes. As long as you don't shorten that to how to eat your children. No, that would be bad. That's, that's a totally different thing. Take you down a completely different pathway. And also not something I'm, I have a lot of experience in. No, Joe Biden does. The, if you want that, if you want yeah. somebody that's going to nibble on your kids, Joe Biden is the one you want to oh go to. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> There's so much to talk about it. I guess we'll have to do another show at some point. Yeah, we may have to do another show. Is that a threat? I know NetNet yes. already said this show was so good. He's going to listen again. So that, there better be a oh. big donation coming from you then, NetNet. If you're going to listen twice, how dare you? NetNet did a podcast with me and Phoenix and Phone Boy on, and Bemlet on Friday night. And survived? Where, uh, at least some of us were drunk. In fact, I think all of us might have been. That helped and, a lot of the podcast. <laughs> it does make podcasts better. Um, it was fantastic. It was not recorded. It was just, uh, during, during rideshare radio, uh, they, they randomly sent me and Bennett a clean feed link and then NetNed called in on their line. And suddenly all <laughs> of us were bullshitting and trolling each other. And, and you know, it was a, a great goddamn time. NetNed says he was feeling it on Saturday, but 
We have a very simple strategy here. The more you drink, the less we stink. I'm grumpy old Ben's. Does it work? Has anybody tried this? If so, um, please let us know in a boostergram. Yeah. Or call and let Rare Encounter know, and then we'll hear about it there. Yes. Something like that. With that said, come back and join us again for another live show, most likely next Wednesday, 1 p.m. Central. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill, coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I got nothing. And from America's left coast, I'm Ryan Bemrose, and it is now safe to turn off your computer. I don't know how they get away with that.